Hello, Rebels. Did you know it's our fourth birthday today? I think you did. Uh, I have uh, an interesting conversation on the show today, and the main substance of uh, the show was an American actor in Chicago who claimed he was attacked in a anti-black, anti-gay lynching in Chicago at 2 a.m. outside a subway by someone who tried to put a rope around his neck and bleach him. And wouldn't you know that extremely reasonable sounding story was proved to be a hoax. And the two guys arrested were his buddies who, like him, were black. I tell you, white supremacists these days. Uh, anyways, uh, tune in if you like listening to this podcast, which is free. I think you would like watching it. I show you a lot of things, especially a story like this. Um, I think it's just better than video. In order to watch on video, you got to be a premium subscriber. And that's what we call our long-form TV shows. Uh, you get access to my show, Sheila Gunn-Reed's show, David Menzies' show. And it's eight bucks a month. What's that, like half a Starbucks or something? If you subscribe for the whole year, you get a discount. And if you type in podcast as a coupon code, you get another 10% off. It's almost so cheap, it's like we're paying you. Just go to the rebel.media slash shows to become a member. And without further ado, here is the story of a liar called Jussie Smollett. Tonight, out of any 10 hate crime reports, are nine of them hoaxes? It's February 15th, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Let me tell you about a spectacular hate crime. It's just incredible. And it happened in one of the great black cities of the United States of America, Chicago. Chicago, home of Barack Obama. Chicago, home of Oprah Winfrey. Chicago, city that voted 83.7% for Hillary Clinton in 2016 and even higher for Barack Obama in 2012 and 2008. Well, my friends, you may think that Chicago is a liberal city, a city that has had black mayors, black senators, black billionaires, but you are dead wrong. Chicago, you see, is like something out of Mississippi burning, the 50s and 60s. Let me tell you this chilling story. Just a word before you see this. This is a TV actor named Jesse Smollett, who appears in a TV show about rap music called Empire. He is a gay black entertainer who plays a gay black entertainer. I mention that because that is the center of the story here. So watch this. Watch and listen to what the actor says happened to him on the streets of Chicago. Now, you're going to hear some words bleeped out. That includes the N word. And you'll hear Smollett quickly say MAGA. That stands for Make America Great Again. It's Donald Trump's slogan. Okay, so watch Jesse Smollett. When I landed in Chicago and Frank Gatson, who's like my uncle, and he's also my creative director, and he picked me up. And then we got back to the apartment. There was no food. And so I went out to Walgreens thinking that they were 24 hours and to have a smoke. <laughs> uh, Walgreens was closed. Um, 
So I called him up and I said, hey, I'm gonna run to Subway, which was across the street, and I'm gonna get a salad, do you want anything? I went to the Subway and got the order. During that time, I texted my manager, thinking that he was still in Australia, because he was on an Australian tour with one of his other clients. Mm -hmm. And I said, yo, call me when you can. He called me immediately, and while he was on the phone, I uh, heard, as I was crossing the intersection, I heard Empire. And I don't answer to Empire. <laughs> My name ain't Empire. Uh, and I didn't answer. I kept walking and then I heard Empire. So I turned around and I said, did you just say to me? And I see the uh, attacker uh, masked. And he said, this MAGA country punches me right in the face. So I punched his ass back. And then um, we started tussling, you know, it was very icy. And we ended up tussling by the stairs, uh, fighting, fighting, fighting. There was a second person involved who was kicking me in my back. And uh, then it just stopped. And they ran off and I saw where they ran. And the phone was in my pocket, but it had fallen out and it was sitting there. And my manager was still on the phone. So I picked up the phone and I said, Brandon, and he's like, what's going on? And I said, I was just jumped. And I, then I looked down and I see that there's a rope around my neck. Wow. So a black man in Chicago goes out for Subway sandwiches at 2 a.m. And a couple of white guys spot him just on the street because white guys love watching Empire show about black rappers. And so they spot him on the street at 2 a.m. and they identify him immediately and they shout empire at him as you would imagine they would. And they call him the N-word and I think they called him a, an anti-gay swear. And they try and beat him up and they put a rope around his neck and they shout, this is MAGA country in, in Chicago, a city that's 83% Democrat. Let me just play a little bit more about what Smollett says happened. Watch this. During that time before they came, it took them about maybe half hour to come. And during that time, I was looking at myself, just like checking myself out. I saw the bruise on my neck, you know, like the little, um, the rope burn around my neck. And then I, but I smelled bleach. I know the smell of bleach. And I saw on my sweatshirt, it had marks on it, like spots on it when you have a bad bleach job. So then I was like, there's bleach on me too. So when the police came, um, I kept the clothes on. I kept the rope. So on. you had the rope on the entire time? I mean, it wasn't like wrapped around, but yeah, it was around because I wanted them to see. I wanted them to see what this was. I told them what happened, everything. I also asked them to turn their body cams off because they were trying to stay in the hallway. And I was like, please just come in. Like, I don't want a big scene. With so these two white guys who spotted him and they knew him from Empire, because I mean, who, who doesn't? And they, they immediately, and they, and they shouted, this is MAGA country, and they, and they beat him up, and they, and they attacked him with bleach and a rope. Because I hear that's a thing, marauding white guys just patrolling in Chicago, carrying around ropes and bottles of bleach at 2, at 2 a.m. when it's so cold outside, it's biting. Apparently, these are these traveling lynch mobs that's what a rope around the neck is i don't know what were they going to try and hang him and then bleach him 
and they bleached his clothes a bit, but not his skin, apparently. And I guess they did that while they were punching him and while they were putting a rope around his neck. And it all happened in 30 seconds or something. Oh, and by the way, no one saw this. No one in Subway's restaurant, no one on the street. And that detail there, did you catch that part? When police arrived, he asked them to turn off their body cameras. You know, you know, cops these days, they wear a little GoPro. That's weird, isn't it? I've spoken to police with, with body cameras on it just once, actually. I remember I was pulled over the road, and the cop came over. He's really polite. He just started off by introducing himself and telling me that he was recording things. And it immediately had two salutary effects on me. First of all, if I had any plan to be a smartass, which I didn't, I swear, it would have immediately convinced me not to be, because who knows who would see the video of my conduct, not just the police, but theoretically the courts, the judge, the public, my family, whatever. So now I was just pulled over for a minor traffic infraction for which I was apologetic, but I can imagine that having that camera on and being told that the camera on is probably enough to convince a lot of troublemakers, a lot of scammers, don't even try. Don't even try to lie about what you did. Don't even try to lie about what the cops are going to do. So it put me on my best behavior. Not that it was going to be bad. I just want to let you know. So I was on my best behavior. And you know what? I bet it puts the cop on their best behavior too. Do things by the book. And again, they probably would anyways, but who knows? Maybe the video would be reviewed by someone, a superior officer, even a judge, even internal affairs. So I am a huge fan of those body cameras for cops from everyone's point of view. Safety for the suspect, safety for the cop, and just plain getting the truth out. Who could be against that? Well, this guy was? For some weird reason, why would you tell the cops to turn off their body camera when you're the ones who called them over, by the way. He called the cops and they came over. Uh, okay, I understand what he said about not wanting to have a fuss with the neighbors around, but how does a silent body camera being on or off create a fuss? And, and if you don't want to fuss, how come you were wearing a rope around your neck for 30 minutes while you were waiting the cops to come? And um, you just went on national news. If Jesse Smollett, Jesse's, if Jesse Smollett wanted this to be private, why did he and his publicist and his entire PR team go nuts with this story, shopping it around, promoting it like, oh, I don't know, like his character in the show Empire, a young hustler trying to make a name for himself. Look at that story in TMZ. Put it back up again. You know TMZ. It's a celebrity website and a TV show based in Hollywood. They're great. They're they're gossips, but they went full tilt on this. They were literally giving hour-by-hour hour updates on the case, interviewing all of Jussie Smollett's people. Well, and I've said, I mean, I think it was the Trump part, the MAGA, Make America Great Again part. I mean, black man, gay man, gay black man, lynching, a rope, MAGA. It's just too perfect, just too good, just too good to fact check. Just too good to even gut check. Are there really gangs of white guys roaming around Chicago in minus 20 weather at 2 a.m. with bottles of bleach and nooses just on the chance they're going to bump into some C-list celebrity from Empire? Everyone's talking about Empire. And they'd recognize this fairly obscure actor from a TV show in the dark 
He's just rushing into a subway and they'd shout, this is MAGA country in Chicago. Has anyone ever said that? Has Donald Trump, who is not known for his modesty, he, he would never say that. Chicago is Trump town. No, no, no. But it wasn't news, it was politics. Take a look-see. Here's Kamala Harris, who's running for president. Jesse Smollett is one of the kindest, most gentle human beings I know. I'm praying for his quick recovery. And Kamala, good news, it looks like he's fully recovered. This was an attempted modern-day lynching. No one should have to fear for their life because of their sexuality or color of their skin. We must confront this hate. Uh, here's Senator Cory Booker, who I think is running for president, I'm not quite sure. He says, <clears throat> this vicious attack on actor Jesse Smollett was an attempted modern-day lynching. I'm glad he's safe. To those in Congress who don't feel the urgency to pass our anti-lynching bill, designating lynching as a federal hate crime, I urge you to pay attention. Just FYI, lynching someone is a crime, just like stabbing someone or poisoning someone or, I don't know, running someone. It's, it's a crime. Here's Joe Biden, Obama's uh, former vice president, might be running for president himself. He said, what happened today to Jesse Smollett must never be tolerated in this country. We must stand up and demand that we no longer give this hate safe harbor, that homophobia and racism have no place on our streets or in our hearts. We are with you, Jesse. Here's Bernie Sanders. The racist and homophobic attack on Jesse Smollett is a horrifying instance of the surging hostility towards minorities around this country. We must come together to eradicate all forms of bigotry and violence. Here's a new Palestinian-American congressman, uh, Rashida Tlaib. When one of the most famous black and gay men in America is not safe, the message is clearer than it ever has been. The dangerous lie spewing from the right wing is killing and hurting our people. Thinking of you, Jesse Smollett, and my LGBTQ neighbors. And of course, the queen, the princess, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the new congresswoman from the Bronx, weighs in. She says, there is no such thing as racially charged. This attack was not possibly homophobic. It was a racist and homophobic attack. If you don't like what is happening to our country, then work to change it. It is no one's job to water down or sugarcoat the rise of hate crimes. Now look, every one of those are Democratic politicians. So you might say, look, they're just campaigning. But they were all running with what the Democratic journalists had written. That's why I called it a media party. They're really an auxiliary of the Democrats, an auxiliary of the liberals up here. That's why I call it a political media industrial complex. The Democrats in the media prepare the battlefield, and then the Democrats in politics go to war, and the narrative is deepened. America is in a racial and anti-gay crisis because of Trump, who hates blacks and hates gays and wants to lynch them. Those tweets alone, cumulatively, had hundreds of thousands of retweets, millions of views. At 2 a.m., outside Subway sandwiches in Chicago, a.k.a. MAGA town. Really? 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 Now, police seem to be a bit skeptical. I mean, the guy says, oh, thank God you got here. Hey, can you turn off your cameras while I tell you what happened? It's probably a bit of a tip-off. I wonder if the police complied. I mean, when I was pulled over for a minor traffic infraction, if I said, turn off your camera, do you think the cop would have answered, would have done what I told them to do? I'd like to know if the cops actually did. Maybe they pretended they did. Maybe they went, beep, beep, okay, it's off. I wonder if they did that. Beep, boop. Um, now, the cops scoured the neighborhood. Chicago is a high crime city. Surveillance footage everywhere, including the subway sandwiches, of course. But they found nothing. It doesn't make sense. 
the closest thing they could find was this picture of two people. Do <clears throat> you see the two people on the sidewalk there? You have two shots of it. You, on the left-hand side, it's near the bottom. On the right-hand side, it's in the middle. You see those two dark shapes? Those are people. So you can see the surveillance. So, so it's pretty grainy. You can't tell what race they are. You, you can't really tell anything about it other than there's two people. You have no clue. But, but you can see just a little. You can't see a rope or bleach. You, you really can't see anything. That's all they could find. They looked over everything, everywhere. Oh, but there was something caught on camera. Here, let me read to you a tweet by Rafer Weigel. I, I don't know him, but uh, according to his biography, <clears throat> he's an Emmy award-winning anchor, reporter at Fox 32 Chicago. And you see his motto there? He says, journalism is printing what someone else doesn't want printed. Everything else is PR. That's a quote from Orwell. So I, I said, look at that guy. Uh, he, wins, he wins an Emmy. He's no spring chicken. He's been around. So he's not a young punk. He's, he's a seasoned journalist. Um, okay, so I'm open to what he has to report. And here's what he reported two weeks ago. Chicago police source tells Fox 32 News that Jesse Smollett was seen on surveillance still holding his Subway sandwich when he returned to the building after the alleged attack. Really? So you're beat up by not one guy, but two guys. Now, he said he fought back. Arr, he said so. But he also had a rope put around his neck, and but also he had bleach splashed on him. He didn't notice at the time, though, apparently, but he figured it out later. But he never let go of the sandwich. I mean, I like Subway, too, but whoa. Yeah, imagine crediting this story as the truth. Here's the thing about dramatic actors. They usually need someone else to write the script for them. The ugly guys write the script, and the handsome guys are on TV. Because sometimes the handsome guys aren't really good at writing stuff for themselves. It's a team project. Now, you don't need a writer when you're telling the truth. You just say, what happened? But this guy, yeah, I think his script needs a bit of work. Well, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this, look, look, look. News breaking everywhere. Here's my favorite source. That police are talking to two men. In fact, I've since learned they're under arrest. They're not just taken away. They're arrested suspects who are, I think they're black. Or maybe they identify as black. I don't want to prejudge anyone. Uh, they're buddies of Jesse Smollett. They work out with him, apparently. They take photos on social media with him. It sounds like they're friends. Let me quote from the story. Two brothers, Olabinjo Ola Osandero and Abimbola Abel Osandero, have been identified as the men taken into custody by Chicago police for questioning as potential persons of interest in last month's purported hate crime attack of Empire TV star Jesse Smollett. Holy cow. I, I got to tell you, people, white supremacists are so sneaky these days. They come in all colors, apparently. Only in America. God bless America where even the white supremacists are black. Yeah, no, uh, it was a hoax, people. But then again, you knew that. 
Uh, CBS didn't know that, ABC didn't know that, CNN didn't know that, the entire media party didn't know that. And here's our own state broadcast for the CBC. The family of actor Jesse Smollett has called the attack on the black and gay Empire cast member a hate crime, and they pushed black back against any suggestion that he was anything but honest with the police. <laughs> and then this, that's a tweet, and they did a huge story on the subject. Our Canadian state broadcaster, attack on Empire actor, a racial and homophobic hate crime family says. Jesse Smollett's family also pushed back against suggestion he was less than honest with police. Why, why would the CBC run a big story like that? Smollett is a C-list celebrity, if that. He's obscure. He's no connection to Canada. He's a s small American show. I'm sure it's a good show for those who like it. Um, but look, this, there's a cr this crime in Chicago every day. It's actually the murder capital of America. Well, obviously they're interested in it because of the Trump reference. That's why the CBC ran with That's why all the American stations ran with it. Someone getting attacked in Chicago is actually not news. It was the MAGA country lynching that made it news. But it was a lie. It was a lie. Just like the breathless report from Edmonton a few years ago. Remember that? Someone was going around stuffing white supremacist flyers into mailboxes. The whole media political complex was freaking out. But then someone had a doorbell camera. And I don't know if you could quite see it here. Yeah, there you go. Um, Do you see the white supremacist? Ooh, black guy, black guy, um, black white supremacist. You know, you don't. Uh, it's not as rare as it used to be. When I was a kid, that would be unusual. Who who was that black guy handing out white supremacist literature? I don't know. Government worker, maybe a human rights activist, maybe someone trying to gin up hate. I don't know to sell newspapers to justify budgets for an anti-hate group to smear ordinary Albertans as racist. I don't know. I don't know. Same reason a Muslim girl in Toronto lied about a man cutting her hijab on the street, not once but twice. This 11-year-old girl, the school actually promoted that, calling a national press conference. Have you ever heard of an elementary school putting a child of tender years, 11 years old, in a national press conference and actually inviting every reporter in the land to come to the school to interview her live on camera the school and the police were cooperating. What on earth have you ever heard of that before? Why would they do that? If she really had just been attacked on the street twice by a man with scissors who miraculously just cut her a jab, but not her face, and was completely silent the whole time, and no one else saw it, by the way. Yeah. Um, but if that really did happen, why would you show the world, including who her, her attacker, who was allegedly still at large at the time, why would you show her face and name and information like that? Why wasn't the school on lockdown if the perpetrator was still at large? Why would you put a girl through the stress like that? Oh, and by the way, why was her brother laughing in the background the whole time? And, and who organized all this? I mean, who managed to get the prime minister and the mayor and the premier and everyone tweeting in unison within hours? Yeah, it was a hoax, of course, of course, it was a hoax. Say, I'm not saying there are no hate crimes. I, I happen to know there are a fair number of hate crimes. Uh, some of them are domestic, some of them are legitimate, some of them are imported from some of the most hateful regimes in the world, Syria being amongst the worst, Pakistan too. They hate Jews, they hate gays, they hate uncovered women. Not all Syrians, of course, not all Pakistanis, of course, but it's pretty widespread. So yeah, hate crimes are on the rise. Some of it's domestic, some of it's imported, but it's not white guys with ropes and bottles of bleach saying, you're in MAGA country here in Chicago.
No, but that's the narrative the mainstream media likes. I think Jesse Smollett's going to walk. Chicago is one-third black. It's in a policing crisis. I told you about the violence. Cops probably don't want the political fallout of charging a black celebrity with lying. But even if they did, you can, you can believe that for every tweet exposing his lie, there are a hundred uncorrected tweets promoting his lie. Do you think Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez is going to delete her tweet? That hijab hoax girl from Toronto? Well, even after the police officially declared it a hoax in a press release, well, look at this. Justin Trudeau still has his two tweets on the subject up, uncorrected, undeleted. One's in English, an identical one in French, implying that we're basically all a bunch of racists and she's a victim. Again, naming a minor child like that, that doesn't happen normally. But even after the lie was proved, he's still on narrative, because that's the point. It's all too bad, I think, because maybe one in 10 times a story like this is true. Maybe one in 10 times it really is an anti-gay or anti-black lynching. It still does happen occasionally. But demand far exceeds supply, so it's faked. The other nine times out of 10, it's a scammer. In this case, word is he was worried he would be written off the show, so we need a little bit of attention and sympathy. And Fox wouldn't write him off the show after this. Well, then that would be cruel. It was a scam. It was a scam. Trouble is, like the boy who cried wolf, when we really do need to worry or care or pay attention, when there really was someone black or gay or Jewish or Muslim or anyone being attacked, no one's going to believe it anymore. Stay with us for more. Well, it wasn't just young Muslim men from around the world who converged on Syria and Iraq over the last five years to participate in the jihad as part of ISIS. It was women, too, who went there as brides for the Mujahideen, the terrorist men. Well, uh, Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin have practically put an end to ISIS. And so some of these terrorists and their concubines, why, they want to come back west. And look at this headline in the Times of London. Bring me home. Exclusive, the Times finds former schoolgirl who fled to join ISIS in Syrian refugee camp. Oh, the poor dear, she's just a schoolgirl. Bring me home and look at her, she, she seems so nice. And as you can see on the right-hand side of the page, an image of her walking out of the country. I think that was taken perhaps at an airport or a train station as she made her way to Syria. This is a woman who was an essential part of ISIS who may well have, in fact, engaged in terrorism herself, although surely supported terrorism, it's quite likely that her husband had a rape slave in the home, a Yazidi woman, quite likely. And uh, she wants to come back now, and the Times seems to be doing their best to make that happen. Joining us now via Skype from the United Kingdom is our friend Janice Atkinson, a member of the European Parliament who is doing videos with the rebel these days. Great to see you again, Janice. Hi, Ezra. Good to be on. You know, um, 
I look at the layout of that front page and that picture on the front page, and there could have been about a hundred ways to tell this story. You could have shown the rubble. You could have shown the death. You could have shown how that woman actually would have been in Syria and Iraq, the full face obscuring niqab, not done just so like a model. You could have had a thousand different choices of headlines, but taking her point of view, I, I felt without getting into the heart of the story, because most people will just see that on a newsstand, I felt like the Times was basically saying, let this poor schoolgirl home. They're actually calling her a schoolgirl still. I know, she's had two babies. I think the Times of London um, is just an absolute disgraceful rag at the moment. This is where some of the mainstream media is, but there's been a big backlash against this story and the Times uh, in London. Uh, they described her as fleeing. She flee. She, she, she left. She chose to leave a Western democracy. We took her parents in from Bangladesh some years ago. I believe she was born in this country. She chose her fate. She's got no regrets about what she did. She's got no remorse. And so, therefore, she's had no entry to Britain. If she took arms up against our country, and she can rot in the desert, as far as I concern, I'm concerned, she's just terrorist scum. She forfeited her citizenship when she fled to go be a jihadi bride. So, therefore, she's no longer a British citizen. She's a citizen of ISIS. As far as I'm concerned, she can just rot in Syria, in the refugee camp. And bear in mind, she's had two babies, and both of them had died. We don't know the full extent of that. One of them died of malnutrition. The other one had died. And now she wants a third child. If anything, I would take that child away from her. I would bring that back, child back to the UK, and I would give it to a desperate couple that want a baby. You know, it's a good Christian um, Jewish people even, Judeo-Christian society, which we are, and they should be bringing up that baby, not being left languishing with her. As far as I'm concerned, what I would do, and we, we're really, really weak and limp on treason charges and terrorist charges in this country. We should have a death penalty to bring it back for the jihadi wives and, and the jihadi men as well, or open a Guantanamo, Guantanamo Bay. All right, we've got plenty of Scottish islands, we could have one up there. And it, it, the US is so frustrated by us that even some of the ISIS fighters, um, but the Kurdish militia no longer want, the so-called Beatles uh, terrorists, the, the U.S. don't trust us to take them back, prosecute them properly, so they're putting them into Guantanamo Bay. I say we should have our own Guantanamo Bay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, of course, even giving her baby up for adoption to a Muslim couple that is not pro-terrorism. Uh, let me ask you a question. Here in Canada, uh, after 9-11, there were revisions made to our criminal code, which is our statute that uh, lists the crimes in this country. And... Um, it's very difficult to apply a legal solution to a military or terrorist problem because in our normal courts of law, there's evidence, there's witnesses, there's beyond a, sh a reasonable doubt, there's um, hearsay rules. There's so there, It's not built for a war zone or a terrorist zone where people may be dead, etc. And so the Canadian law was changed that merely going over there or supporting or saying you would support or taking steps to support it, that was a crime in itself because if you were gonna, if you're gonna try and prosecute that uh, ISIS wife, you couldn't do it unless you had some Yazidi rape slave 
And really, are they going to come to London and have a trial and be cross-examined and, you know, credibility issues? Can you really? So in Canada, we have a rule that says if you say you're with ISIS, if you take steps to help ISIS, that's all we need to prove to convict you of a terrorist. Has any Brit returning from Syria or Iraq being prosecuted and convicted in that manner or any other manner? That's the Canadian way. Has there been any prosecution in the UK? We have something similar. There's been around about 850 people that left the UK to go and fight as, as ISIS fighters. 400 that we know of have returned to the UK and there have only been 40 convictions. Now, in our country, we've had 8,000 people, and that's, that, that's a small estimate. Those are the, late, the numbers that I can get hold of that refer to something called the PREVENT program, which actually is supposed to stop people turning to ISIS and being radicalized. And do you know there's 400 under 10s that have been referred to, under 10-year-olds? Hmm. Um, in 2015, the government produced something called temporary exclusion orders, and that was in, in order to control UK citizens involved in terrorism-related activities overseas. But in the two years, from 2015 to 2017, um, only nine of those have been imposed. So yes, it is illegal. Um, the Conservative government decided that they can strip citizenship of, of those people that have got dual nationality. And that's what they're looking at at the moment, because this ISIS creature, uh, they say, may have a, a dual, dual nationality. So because her parents uh, came here from Bangladesh and she's also married um, to a Dutch citizen and he's disappeared somewhere, but he's a known terrorist as well. He was setting up Bataclan, Manchester murders, etc. So that's the situation at the moment. But the, you know what? I think you've got it in Canada, the same as we've got here. You've got the human rights industry who are hugely funded and who are enemies of the British state. And that's what we're fighting against now. The left-wing press are coming out saying, oh, she's entitled to British citizenship. She was only a 15-year-old. She didn't know what she was doing. This was a very bright... A star pupil. She knew exactly what she was doing. Mm. And, and the left say on one hand, oh, you should give votes to, to, to 16-year-olds. And then, oh, she didn't know what she was doing yeah. at 15. The woman has had two babies. She's pregnant with another one. She's 19. She's married. She knew exactly what she was doing. She's an enemy of the state. Yeah. You know, it's funny because that's uh, Omar Khadr, a terrorist in this country, was a few weeks shy of his 16th birthday. Um, by the way, 16, uh, you can join... The Canadian military at 16, you can even join in some forms at 14. Uh, so to pretend that uh, this terrorist, a few weeks shy of 16 with some infant is ridiculous. I should point out, Janice, that I, I mentioned that our criminal code allows prosecutions for people who were thinking of going over or did go over. We have not yet prosecuted a single returner, returnee. Uh, returner uh, from Syria or Iraq. So I, I guess I was saying we have the law in the books, um, but we haven't used it. So we're just as bad as you are. Let me ask you, uh, I was really upset with the cover of the, the Times because that's a prestige press. That's probably the fanciest paper in the UK, I think. Uh, it's, it's so old and, and established. That's where we get the phrase Times New Roman, the, the typeface for the Times created especially for this newspaper over 100 years ago, that's what we use on our computers to this day. Like it's so, perhaps the most prestigious newspaper in the entire world. Yeah, and they seem I, to be I on the other know. side here. They, they seem to be on the other really, side. It, it, does this reflect elite opinion, grassroots opinion, anyone's opinion, political opinion? Who agrees with the, the Times? 
um, a couple of the left-wing newspapers, the Independent and the um, Guardian. But equally, you know, the, the, the Guardian only survives because it's got a trust fund and an offshore um, country in the Caribbean, and the Independents had to go on online. So, you know, these are not credible opposition papers. Now, there's been a huge backlash, absolute huge backlash. You see the headlines across the Daily Mail, the Sun, um, the Telegraph, and they're very strong in their condemnation of the Times and that this woman should not be allowed back into the UK. And I've been listening to the phone-ins today on the radio um, across the nation and also um, looking at social media. I mean, it's, not, it's almost 80%, 90% in favour of her not being allowed back and she can just rot in the jowl, the hellhole in Syria where, where she's found herself. So, you know, and, I, and I think the Home Secretary, Sajid Javid, is trying his best to find um, some sort of strong language. But the trouble is he will be up against the human rights industry that will pay for her to be found and brought back again. The British government said they're not, but there has been this absolute backlash with ordinary people thinking about, well, it was only a couple of years ago we had the Manchester bombings where little girls and their mothers were blown to pieces because of this ideology. It was only a couple of years ago that we had the Bataclan murder where people were blown to bits. Charlie Hebdo was blown to bits. We, we, we've had this ideology, this infestation spreading, this virus spreading across our countries. It's only happening in Western Europe because they haven't had the same problem in Eastern Europe and it's got to be stopped. So the politicians I would suggest the so-called faux conservatives that are in power in, in my country, they have really got to step up to the plate and stop this woman coming in and stop the, as funding the human rights um, industry that is also fighting against and, and our enemies of the state of the people. Hmm. Well, Janice, uh, it's it's fascinating to watch this in the UK because, of course, the numbers you told us, the 800 plus uh, British Muslims going over to fight with ISIS, those are numbers that dwarf our Canadian numbers. So how your country responds, not just the politicians, but the courts, the press, uh, the popular culture is very instructive to us over here. It's great to see you again, my friend, and I look forward to your reports in the days and weeks ahead. Thank you, Ezra. All right, there you have it. Janice Atkinson is a member of the European Parliament. She was elected several years ago. Of course, Brexit means that the British participation in that European Parliament is coming to a close, and I'm sure that Janice will have reports on this interesting subject in the weeks ahead. Stay with us. More Head on the Rebel. Welcome back on my monologue yesterday about the fourth anniversary of Rebel Media. Grieg writes, Seems like just yesterday we were building the Rebel brick by brick after the loss of the Sun News Network. I've thoroughly enjoyed the ride. Keep it going. Many thanks to the Rebel team and fellow supporters. Well, thanks very much. Thank you very much. Um, today we had a little staff celebration. We, uh, we had some sandwiches and some pastries and uh, like 18 of us shared one bottle of champagne with orange juice. So... So we got really carried away. Now, it was pretty fun, and we talked a bit. And um, it's a big team here. I mean, you only see the on-camera people, but we have people who do everything from from editing and producing and databasing and accounting and uh, and the whole thing. So uh, it's a good team. And thank you for supporting us. You know, we we talked about this at our meeting today. We we talked about. I mean, I'll just give me a minute right now. I'll just tell you. There's four ways you can four ways you can pay for a, a media company. Number one, you can take government money. 
That's what the CBC does. No, thanks. Number two, you can be part of a big corporation. They got lots of dough. But then you have to be very sensitive to criticism and you don't talk about anything controversial. That's like CTV or the Globe and Mail, right? Uh, number three, you can have a billionaire boss. Jeff Bezos of Amazon owns Washington Post. Carlos Slim of Mexico owns the New York Times. I guess that's the Thompson family. Canada's richest family owns uh, a chunk of the globe. Pierre Carl Pelado owns Sun News Network. I guess if you could find yourself a billionaire patron of the arts, and if you can accept his terms and that he's the boss and not you, that's a good way to go. We've tried a new way called crowdfunding, where our, it's you chipping in. Our average gift is $63, I think. And from that, we've built a company. I don't know, it's, it's been hard work, but it's been rewarding work, and I thank you for being there. You are the reason that we are alive, because those first three options are not there for us. Outrights, when I first stumbled onto the Rebel from a link in an NFA, a National Firearms Association email, it was like finally getting out of the smog and breathing fresh air. Ah, well, thank you very much. And we uh, are for property rights and self-defense, and we're against the scapegoating of gun control extremists who have this fiction that the problem is farmers and duck hunters as opposed to urban gangbangers who use handguns that are never registered anyway. So yeah, we're on your side. Jane writes, happy birthday, Rebel. Been with you since day one and will continue to contribute to the dark side. Laugh out loud. Cheers. Thanks very much, Jane. Appreciate that. You know, there are some people who have given to us more than 10 times. And it's amazing. And how do you thank someone like that? Well, I, you, you just realize that they want you to keep doing what you're doing, so you got better keep doing it and better do your best to do it well. Real writes, congrats to Ezra and his team. Thanks for holding all levels of government and politicians to account, even if they snub you. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's like when Sheila Gunn-Reed was the only journalist not allowed into the UN Global Warming uh, Convention in Poland or, or before that in uh, Bonn, Germany. Um, that's the way you know Sheila's independent. It's almost like it's a certification. UN disapproved. If the UN would say, yeah, we trust Sheila, ooh, then you couldn't. And the fact that all these politicians, including politicians on the right who are a little bit cowardly, like the, the cowardly lions, Andrew Sheer and Jason Kenny, who don't, don't, I'm a rebel, I don't like the rebel. Well, that proves we're independent, doesn't it? It proves we're not, you know, we have no masters. I told you about a corporate master or a billionaire patron of the arts master. We don't have that. We, we answer to you. You know, it's a shame that the conservative parties in this country are not in sync with the conservative people of this country and the conservative media in this country, but that's their business. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. Um, that's what we do every day. Well, I hope you enjoyed the shows this week. Uh, may I recommend, if you're interested in the Yellow Vest Convoy, we have embedded our young Calgary reporter, Kian Bexty, on the convoy. And he'll be on it, and it's keeping rolling this weekend. Go to rebelconvoy.com. He's doing a lot of great updates. I'm really enjoying that. i got to tell you, go to rebelconvoy.com. I, I think it's good, good journalism. On that note, let me say goodbye. And from all of us here to you at home, keep fighting for freedom as we enter our fifth year. Bye, everybody.